Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Greetings, hushlings, hushtillions, hush puppies. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. As always, where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we are joined by our counts payable lead and cryptic puzzle manager, Slick Frank Sanders. Hey, yo, Slick Frank Sanders here. Hey, puzzle guy, hey, puzzle guy. Hey, hey. hey. Sliggity wiggity. Sliggity wiggity for you. <laughs> I saw I solved a ten piece puzzle the other day. Very proud of yeah. myself. Very proud. Big flex. Big flex. It was all squares. Yeah. It was all squares. <laughs> no, no little nubs sticking out. No nubs. No, no nubs. nubs. No nubs no and joints. notches. Nothing. Bummer. No, no nope. oblong pieces. Just no, no nooks and crannies. Hushlings, as we continue this Hushtober celebration, we jump on the bed and audit the books of Mattress Firm. We also try and decipher the cryptic nature. Of the internet puzzles of Cicada 3301. But before we have a financial pillow fight and rack our brains, if you don't already know, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as becoming a member of our Discord server where we will have the X Files watch parties on Sundays at 7 p.m. I swear they will start again. I have had a lot of issues lately, but also, if you enjoy video games, come over to our Twitch channel. It's slow going, but we do play, mostly Frank. Join us over there, watch us play some games, join the chat. For absolutely everything and anything Hush Hush Society related, you can head over to our official website, www.hushhushsociety.com. There you can find all of our episodes, more conspiracies in our blog section. You can buy our merch and more importantly, leave a rating or, or, or even a review. You also have the option to leave a voicemail so that, you know, we can switch up the roles. Instead of you hearing our voice, we hear yours. It's a nice little pat on the back for both of us. It's fun. You can also leave a rating or review on Apple, Google, Spotify, Podchaser, wherever you listen to podcasts if you don't feel like going to the website. Website's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say so. Also, if you love the show and love all of us and want to hear more of the boys, head over to our Patreon where we host three more segments. We have exclusive debriefings, the Frank Factor, which is conspiratorial news with myself and Frank Sanders, as well as Cryptid Erotica with Mystery Mike. It's like listening to a cumpkin. Just, if, if a cumpkin made sound. If a cumpkin would talk. You know what, what it would sound like. like. You know what it would sound like. <laughs> Disgusting. For all that fappy goodness, you can go over there. For $5 a month, you can unlock over 10 hours. We have 10 hours of extra content. No, not 10 hours of just Mystery Mike Scripted Erotica. Imagine. But one day, there will be 10 hours of Mystery Mike Scripted Erotica. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with becoming a part of the society and ascending as a true hushling. Become a patron today. www patreon.com slash hush hush society yes wonderful over at the patreon things are wonderful and we want to say thank you to our new patrons darian hodges we've mentioned you before but we will mention you again because you are a wonderful person and emily rose our newest patron we appreciate you thank you so much also one other thing our good friend kevin his son, I believe, is getting married. We want to wish you all the well wishes and a, a long and wonderful conspiratorial life. Also, before we forget, there is a little update to all of you guys that listen slash watch us. We will soon be doing our video portion on Rockfin. If you haven't heard of Rockfin, it's rockfin.com. It is kind of a YouTube, but a little a lot more lenient on conspiracy theories and stuff that we do. As we mentioned in today's dropped episode on vampires, we parted ways with the paranormal network due to 
some strikes that we got them on YouTube. YouTube is very unforgiving when it comes to our type of subject matter. So we will be moving over to Rockfin. For now, we are uploading things on hushhushsociety.com. So if you want to see video, you can head over there for now. But with the start of season seven, everything should hopefully be running smooth over on Rockfin. Before we jump into this, if you could help us, it would be so wonderful. We are trying to kind of get the show a little more recognized. And by doing that, we are entering ourselves or nominating ourselves and getting other people to nominate us for the 2022 Discover Podcast Awards. It would help us so much if you went over to awards.discoverpods.com and we will throw that into the live show, into the show links. And you can go over there and nominate us if you feel so inclined for being a good podcast and hopefully that will help us out do it on may 25th 2021 a meme was reposted in a tiktok video that claimed mattress firm is a money laundering scheme although conspiracy theorists may have accidentally confused the money laundering with other real world issues that took place in 2009 2017 and 18 the most recent scheme allegedly involved bribery kickbacks and fraud obviously, within the company. Mm. We'll begin with the years we just listed, and we'll also go over some of the specifics of the conspiracy theory, in case you haven't heard of it, presented in the meme. In 2009, a mattress firm executive was involved in one of the first schemes amounting to a total of $36 million. According to Forbes, Gary D. White, a former in-house vice president, was sued by the company for activities between 2004 and 2008, along with a Texas area developer and a flooring company. Along with that in 2004 and 2008, the retailer accused the company of charging an extra dollar per square foot of every brand new mattress firm store and remodeled job. Whoa. <laughs> that doesn't that seem like a lot, lot, but that is a but lot. But it's a lot when you Especially, have that many mattress firm stores. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's one pretty much every few blocks in certain cities. We definitely get into that. Wow. It's super, super weird. Mattress Firm, of course, dismissed its claims against the developer and flooring company in late 2009. According to documents, it was unclear if the parties had settled. White himself later filed for bankruptcy in Texas. Ultimately, it's said that there was no money laundering in this square footage case. $36 million? That's a lot of money. But, the, yeah. but like you said, that's a lot of stores. So an extra dollar per square foot? Interesting. Yeah, so if you if you think about it, even on the smaller side, let's say that it was 1500 square feet per store. Mm -hmm. You know, that's 1500 bucks per store, and then if you're opening 10 stores a month, it starts to add up. And they have stores that are much bigger. Obviously 1500 square feet is not a lot. That's a small store. And mattress firm usually runs a little bigger, I would say. Probably yeah, 35, like, 4,000 square feet, something like that. They're three subways. Large. It's like three subways. Some are bigger than others. Some are bigger <laughs> than others. That's how we do, That's how we we measure things now, by subways. I'm not going to try to pretend I know how many square feet it is, but I can tell you, you could fit three subway stores into a mattress firm. Well, that depends <laughs> on the subway store. Not really. They're all about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to some more current times in 2017, we have Steinhoff International. Now, Hushlings, if you haven't heard of Steinhoff International, it is a South African slash German slash Dutch furniture company. Hmm. <laughs> and they own mattress furniture. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Some say they're most likely not involved with this conspiracy and could possibly just be an innocent bystander. They got hit by the car, too. Their CEO also quit, noted, in 2017 as well. Yet they did have issues of their own right before they acquired Mattress Firm. The allegations of them not being involved. Yeah, like, how much of that do you believe? Well, yeah, especially when you take into consideration what we're about to go into. When you've got messiness on the table before getting into this huge mattress store conspiracy, it starts to make your hands in the air saying that you didn't do anything not very believable. 
<laughs> sure. They had intercompany loans that misrepresented the profits, resulting in the Steinhoff International financial scandal. Steinhoff owns a lot of retail brands, so they used intercompany loans to boost its numbers. That's something in itself, especially when you have stockholders and you're a publicly traded company. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Greg Kite states, quote, they used intercompany loans to increase revenues into decreased expenses. They were booking entries to increase these loans between companies. The complexity of Steinhoff was part of the reason why these intercompany loans happened. Hmm. They were using the fact that this company was pretty widespread and diverse in the things that it did to pretty much lie about their revenue. Cook the books. Greg went on to say in this quote, they've got a whole bunch of different names that they can throw out there to say, that's not us, that's a different company. That's part of what the assumption is in terms of how they got away with using that to inflate their profits by $7.4 billion. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Loans can just live on your books forever, too. That's how you keep inflating profits. This stuff is so complicated. It seems to be pretty easy to do this because I'm sure every major corporation does this type of stuff. Oh, probably, oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Even for all sure. the politicians do this stuff. They're the ones who are understanding the trading system. They have the first line of seeing what's going on. That's why we're all getting squeezed out and they're like making... How much did Pelosi make in 2021? Like billions of dollars, millions of and millions of dollars. Yeah. Well, so like Mike was saying earlier, this is this is dangerous to do when you've got stockholders and you're such a large corporation. Because if you're saying you're worth X amount of billions of dollars and you're only worth a fraction of that, and your investors think that they're buying into this corporation that's making huge profits in the past how many years? And they're really not. Those investors are going to end up losing money, and it's just it's going to turn into a big old mess. Interestingly enough, though, this company still operates, and all of their holdings and retailers can be found at www.steinhoffinternational.com. I actually poked on this website for about 15 minutes today and went through all the companies. They run a ton of retail chains in the UK, Africa, Australia, New Zealand, as well as the company Mattress Firm. And a lot of their stores, I was looking some of them up, they kind of look like Savers or Ross. Just big, mm. open, Burlington Coat Factory, you know. Interesting note. Uh, I also poked around a different website for about 15 minutes today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know that website. What was that? It, was getting... uh, it has Halloween colors. Pumpkin Carving <laughs> 101. Let's move on to one more year, shall we? 15 minutes, that's all it took? 15, 15 minutes, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it took no, like fine. 13 minutes to find the right video. It took one year. <laughs> In November of 2018, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported on a legal battle between Mattress Firm and its former associates. Allegations in the story included the idea that real estate brokers and property development companies paid Mattress Firm insider kickbacks and bribes for artificially boosting rental rates on leases across the country. Shit, this mm. just gets worse. <laughs> Digging themselves a hole, we have a shady company that owns the umbrella, and their their CEO quit ironically in the same year. Of course, he did. And in 2018, now you have legal battle with rental rates, and then a flooring company. This is a mess. Yeah, this is a mess. Now the question is: Did a pair of greedy executives take advantage of the strategy to skim money off of its real estate deals and enrich an outside accomplice? It's possible. Yes, it's possible. I, I would say, say yes. So. What are they claiming on doing? They're artificially boosting rental rates, so they're just faking it. Yeah. And just being like, okay, well, your store is going to cost 10K a month. But in reality, on the market, it goes for like 4200 Which just sounds like a great way to launder money. How do you, how do you wash <laughs> yeah. that money? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, mm -hmm. inflation. The company says in its suit that it isn't entirely to blame. Of course not. Why would they be? Two executives allegedly conspired with a real estate broker in a, quote, bribery, kickback, and fraud scheme to push the retailer into expensive locations. It didn't say how many. Okay, so that's what they meant by that. 
they're not just jacking up rates. They're like, you know what? Santa Monica on the beach sounds like a good spot for a mattress yeah, store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it sounds yeah. like shit. You've got sandy people coming and laying in this bed. <laughs> you got to vacuum them all off at the end of the day. It's kind of a smart thing to do, I guess, if you're trying to steal money from the company and make it an extra buck. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, here's a list of 10 different locations that you can open a mattress firm. This one was on the lower end of the rent, but this one is $10,000 a month or $20,000 a month to get this building, but it's a beautiful building. They're going to sell like three mattresses in that month. According to the suit, Bruce Levy, the former head of real estate, and Ryan Vincent, a former vice president, let the broker oversee deals in six states and front run which is the practice by market makers of dealing on advance information providing by their brokers and investment analysts before their clients have given them the information. Politicians. Politicians. Exactly what I just said. Some of them tipping off the next outlet location so he could secretly buy it himself while reaping millions in fees. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dirty people. yo. <laughs> Dirty people, clean mattresses. Yeah, you, do you want those people on your mattresses? What's worse, a mattress salesman or a car salesman? I feel like car salesmen <laughs> wish wish they could be mattress salesmen. Yeah, I would say mattress salesmen are world worse. I have world a wonderful worse. story about my my purchase at Mattress Firm a couple years ago, so we'll definitely get into to that one. And I also bought a car last year. I could tell you between the both of them, that mattress salesman, pushy. Oh, yeah, he they're sharks, me. man. They're yeah. Sharks. Oh my god! And I was like, "What about this one?" What's that? He's like, "Do you like firm? Do you like a little bit of this?" And I was like, "Yeah." I gave him all the specifications I was looking for. He sat me down on one. I'm sitting on it. I'm like, oh, "This is kind of nice." And laid down twenty eight hundred. Fuck you. Fuck you. Twenty eight hundred dollars. It's an investment, Dave. No, it's an investment. No, twenty eight hundred dollars you know? for a fucking bed. You're gonna be sleeping on it for a long time. Hopefully, it's gonna determine your life for like the next ten years. Well, they sharked me into a thousand dollars. Listen, the way I look at it is, is like, imagine if you died in your bed and the coroner comes in. Do you want him to go, oh, look at this shitty mattress this guy died on? <laughs> or do you want him to come in and lift your body off of it and go, this is usable. I'm going to pick this up later. Because the coroner takes your fucking bed. <laughs> he takes you out of the bed and takes a nap before he takes you to the morgue. Oh How God. often do you think that happens? Do you think that's a thing? No, what, the, the furniture gets taken by CSI. <laughs> Pretty much anything. Not necessarily CSI because that implies a crime. But let's say like an old person dies and there's a bunch of like trinkets and stuff and a $4,000 mattress. They're not going to be using it. Do they talk to the family and they go, hey, this thing's looking brand new. Somebody purchased my Make dad's it. mattress after he passed. He didn't die in it, but That's somebody purchased though. it. That's different. Yeah, if you put it up for sale. I'm talking like if the coroner had called you and they were like, hey, I saw your dad's bed. Looks good. I'll throw you five hundo for it. I feel like if he asked for it, that's one thing. But if he's like stealing it along with the body, the neighbors are going to say something. Can you imagine going to the coroner's office and IDing the body and just being like sobbing in the corner being like, hey, that purple mattress that we found him on. Uh, <laughs> are you guys going to keep that? Or even worse, they bring you in to, to identify the body, and the body is still on the mattress. <laughs> the coroner's just laying on it, like, hey, this mattress is nice. It's behind is this the guy? Is this the guy here? <laughs> well, in return of all of this front-running, Mattress Firm claims that Levy and Vincent got diamonds. Nice. And insanely expensive watches with their purchases. European vacations and stakes in other real estate deals. One Florida property actually allegedly came complete with a yacht. Damn. What it's See now the European vacation in the deal. Yet yeah, the three men deny the allocations in court papers and they say they're being scapegoated by mattress firm. I, I think it's like a little column A, a little column B, that type of thing. Why would your names come up in the first place if you didn't do anything wrong? We're just gonna get rid of these guys that all of a sudden have pimp yachts. The mattress firm money laundering conspiracy theory meme in that TikTok video that we were talking about claimed, quote, in Scaraville, Indiana, there are five mattress firms within one mile of each other. 
Many believe that Mattress Firm is a money laundering scheme as they seem to appear everywhere, but not much demand for them. The CEO recently resigned after allegations of money laundering surfaced. See, why would you resign who weren't laundering money? And if that wasn't a front, why are you resigning? It's just a convenient time to pin it on somebody else. It's somebody well, else's guess, job now. I guess if the company's going through that much turmoil, wouldn't you want to get out? No. That could be another way of looking at it. He could have I, been Mattress Firm's savior. He could have, could have yeah. been pulled it out of the fucking ashes he could have been the batman that that company deserved plus he's the ceo he doesn't want to lose his cushy job or his firm job (laughs) firm job soft i don't know um but he doesn't want to lose his job so why wouldn't you just be like all right show me the evidence if you got nothing to hide just show me the evidence let's see it it's entirely true, though, this TikTok video that Mike was talking about. There were once five mattress firm stores within one mile of each other in that city. On December 6th of 2015, the Times of Northwest Indiana published the headline, quote, Mattress Firm now has five stores less than a mile apart, end quote. What a title. <laughs> they got it. Straight, Straight to, to the, the point. point. I like yep. that. Yep. Read all about it. It reported that the mattress firm now has five stores in eight-tenths of a mile at the border of Scarrettville and Highland, and six within a two-and-a-half-mile stretch along the Indianapolis Boulevard. Oh, that's a lot. Hushlings, you can't see this picture, but I have a picture for the boys of a map of central San Diego, and all the stars right there are mattress firms, and that is all within, what do you say, Mike? Yeah, two miles of each other. Pretty damn close. Now, the that's... ones on the far left, the top star right there, that's where I bought mine. And I had to choose which mattress store my mattress firm I wanted to go to because I was like, put well, a there's picture one of next... yourself there carrying a mattress above your head. <laughs> you know, I almost You're went in there. The I almost went in there yesterday or the, the other day to go ask them about this. And I probably would have gotten kicked out. But I might do it anyways just for blog content. Maybe I'll vlog it. You should. There you go. Vlog yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Throw it on the like, site. Hey, I'm from Hush Hush Audit, and I'd like to talk to you guys <laughs> about some stuff. But my experience there, obviously, you guys heard about the the shark that got me for a mattress. It was a previous year's model, so I got half off, but I still spent almost a G. Uh, okay, hold on. D- not to cut you off. That's something that doesn't make fucking sense to me. The previous year's model. How much improvement is happening None. to mattresses None. in the mattress realm within a year? <laughs> this whole store. Obviously, everybody's been in, um, probably most people have been in a mattress room, at least a, a bedding store. There's just a bunch of beds laying around. It looks like a fucking coroner's office. <laughs> uh, and then there's, you know, a couple of them that are just lined up on the wall. And that's the, the last year's crap. And I was like, dude, I'm not spending this much money, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I was like, I might just not buy one and then and then i thought to myself I was like what if i go across the street maybe they'll have better inventory and i'm like they're probably fucking connected they got the same system i asked him while i was there you guys got one across the street he goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it it's very strange that they're right across the street so i had to choose between the one that was next to a panda express mm-hmm. or the one that was next to a t-shirt mart which one do oh. you think i chose uh, got t-shirt a bed mark. got some oh, panda nice. went home now, Dave, did you go into both of them ultimately, or you just went into the one next to the Panda Express? I went into both. You went into both. How many people besides you and the shark of a salesman were in each store? Can you remember? Shut your eyes and remember. Zero. 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 Okay. Just you and All right. I just wanted to clarify. I just wanted to clarify how many other people were in that store. That brings up a good point, because some say mattresses are reasonably priced because, Mike, they're an investment but not enough people buy them to keep these stores open, hypothetically, right? Nobody in there. Never see anybody walking in them anyways. There's no way they could sell enough mattresses to keep all five locations in this Indiana town really open, especially in this area. I didn't even look at the demographics or where this place in Indiana is. I would imagine, no offense to anybody who's in Indiana, there's probably a lot of places that are not financially well off. In a or lot of places that in- densely populated. Yeah, yeah, a lot of corn. Here's the other thing is like, okay, there's mattress firm, but there's also a ton of other mattress stores. There's also private mattress sellers. There's also online mattress sellers like Purple or Casper or whatever. Brings up the fact that there is even less demand for people going into mattress firm to buy in person. 
yeah, you still want to buy them in person. It's like me with sneakers. I can't buy sneakers online you can't because you got to try no. them. You know, so it's I would imagine it's the same type of deal when you go to try out a bed. You got to lay in it and be like, oh, yeah, this is it. That's that's why I would never order a Casper. But so they're so very expensive. Forget what I'm saying. I think Mattress Firm needs to be around. That many of them? Maybe not that many of them. No. I mean, they could probably get away with one per town. Maybe per not state. even one per town. Yeah. You don't need many. If you're in Texas, no. maybe two. Imagine being in Houston and be like, honey, we got to drive to. I'm driving nine we gotta, hours. To we got to drive to Amarillo for 19 hours to get Dude, to, to go buy a mattress. But even if there was two in all of Texas, you would still go in there to buy a mattress and it would just be you and the salesman. <laughs> Probably. Think I mean, about I was, it. I was in Southern California, so I mean, very densely populated area, and I'm the only person in there for an hour. Well, yeah, half the state is sleeping on the sidewalk. <laughs> 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 on mattresses. So there's a YouTuber named Shane Dawson. You guys ever heard of him? Oh, yeah, he's a pedophile, right? Is Whoa. He? Is he? Whoa. I think he was accused of some oh, something boy. like that. Yes, yes, oh, yes. I'm going to fact check this just so that yes. we're not sued. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was accused of, of something of that nature, yeah. He has 17 million subscribers, this guy. Jesus Christ, he was a, he was accused of pedophilia. He spoke with a Business Insider and had an interview, and his quote, partial quote from his interview, he goes, think about it this way. You only buy mattresses once every seven to ten years. So why are there more mattress stores on the street than there are grocery stores or Starbucks? It makes sense for Starbucks to be, I guess, different areas, different areas of traffic, especially here where you go to a Starbucks and you're like, I have to go to a certain one or else I'm going to get stuck in traffic for three hours because I'm trying to get around this one fucking intersection. Or they're going to fuck up my drink. Yeah. Well, yeah, you go to the ones that don't fuck your drinks up too, (laughs) (laughs) which is really hard to do when you pour black coffee in a cup. Dude, all the time they put sugar in my drink. Yeah, but I get this. Every time. They put the syrup in every number. Yep. I say, can I get a, can I get a black coffee? As soon as I sip it, it's fucking sugary and you're like gross. gross why did you do this like for starbucks yeah that whole marketing of their store makes sense because you are essentially trying to outnumber the other coffee shops around you mm. but that doesn't really apply for mattress firm considering that there isn't 20 other versions of a mattress place that you're competing with yeah. In most cases, Mattress Firm is the only mattress store that's there. So what are they doing? They're competing with themselves? See, that's the Are thing, they like, franchised out? Mattress Firms? Yeah. No, I would imagine they're not. I didn't see anything about franchising with this company. Because it would make sense maybe if they were franchised that like another franchisee would go and be like, oh, well, I'm going to open one a mile away and try to steal that money. It's like why you see so many McDonald's. Or 7-Elevens. 7-Elevens are franchised oh, so too. Yeah. Steal, steal what money? How, how many mattresses are you selling in a month? I just can't get over that hump. Like, <laughs> If you're somebody that's into franchises and you buy a bunch of them, why are you getting into the mattress game? Like, You're, <laughs> you're not going to sell a lot of them. This is very true. That makes me think of another thing. How much money does a mattress salesman make? He probably just gets like a free bed every six months. <laughs> and then he sells it. Yeah. I would imagine they probably make like 10 15 bucks an hour or something. 10%. Plus... Got your statistic right there. You want your statistic? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll just give you San Francisco, California. Bring In San Francisco, up, California, dude. the annual salary for a mattress sales job is 38 k What? In San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, then these guys in these small towns and shit, they're not making shit. They're bringing oh, in seven thousand dollars. They probably a year. mission. Yeah, like ten percent of every every mattress you sell. Now, are you going to work at a mattress firm for fifteen bucks an hour with like the occasional two hundred dollar bonus check, or are you going to work at a mattress firm where they're paying you like six k a week to keep your mouth shut about laundering <laughs> money? Consumer Reports investigation from September of this year says that mattress stores are selling mattresses with a markup up to nine hundred percent. Which Holy means shit. if you're paying for a $3,000 mattress, it costs them about two eighty three hundred to make. I mean, that's with anything. Like how yeah, much are Nikes? But that's you know? true. 30 cents and you're paying $300 for Air Jordans. And there's little kid blood all in the stitches because of the sweatshops that they fucking use. 
That's what makes them rare. Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, Heaven's Gate, brought to you by Nike. <laughs> Nike Decades. As for the CEO that we were speaking of that resigned, this was mentioned in the meme that we we're talking about. This appeared to refer to former mattress firm CEO Ken Murphy. The conspiratorial Reddit comment was posted on January 22nd of 2018. On January 24th, this company tweet appeared to make light of the viral nature of the comment. On the same day, Murphy told Business Insider that the money laundering allegations were, quote, absolutely false. Of course he would say that. He's not going to say, yeah, they're real. They're true. Sus. That's why I always enjoyed these little quotes. They quoted as denying it. Yeah, of course they did. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Look at what happens to the people that confirm that it's true. You know, they get stuffed inside of a mattress. <laughs> you become part of the mattress. <laughs> why does that mattress have hair coming out of it? Oh, that's the one from, that's our 17th century style mattress made of horse hair. <laughs> An old the model. Clack, the clack, the clack. <laughs> I should do that, like a throwback anniversary. A throwback, throwback model. <laughs> Fucking vintage. Like, yeah, how they try to milk it's, people on nostalgia. It's three it's, inches thick. It's made of it's, hay. It's cool because it's uncomfortable. I just feel good about laying in it, you know, because I feel so, you know, I feel vintage. And everything is just about, like, throwing it back and just, like, mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. in the in the moment the way that they yeah. did, like, way yeah. back when. So... It's, I bought this uh, this sack bed, and uh, it's two inches thick, and it has uh, organic hay in it, and I lay on it flat on a concrete floor, and then I wake up and I do yoga. Do you like it's that? pre-stained. They buy it pre-stained. <laughs> each mattress comes with a story attached to stain, a whole packet. That's the afterbirth stain of when little Jimmy was born in 1505. They're sleeping on history. <laughs> He reached out to Mattress Firm's corporate headquarters to ask why consumers might sometimes see okay. two or more Mattress Firm locations somewhat near each other. Yeah, it's, it's a reasonable question. A Mattress Firm spokesman provided a lengthy response. He really had to muster up everything that he had to, to answer this question. You can't just say, yeah, just because he had to really like write an essay. So here it is. He said... We recognize that having some stores in close proximity may seem unusual, and it is true that sometimes it doesn't make financial sense, at least at first glance. The explanation of, quote, money laundering has somehow developed and amusingly become a cultural folklore over time. However, that is absolutely not the reason why we have so many stores. Cultural folklore? says that in a money laundering accusation <laughs> oh it's just culture, cultural folklore <laughs> part of american culture a mattress firm bullshitter provided a lengthy response <laughs> she was an ms13 member oh dressed God. as a mattress businessman <laughs> tattoos on the face wearing the three button polo that's his mattress firm. <laughs> just a big 13 over his face before we get into some a little bit extras with Mattress Firm and some other allegations, here are the facts, hushlings. Mattress Firm had a goal in the early 2000s to become the first border-to-border, coast-to-coast specialty mattress shop. I wonder if there's one right on San, right in San Isidro. I wonder if there's one right on the border. Oh, imagine. Uh, I'll have to look. That's, that's how they're bringing in the Mexicans. <laughs> they're putting them inside of mattresses? They're fitting them between the springs. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck. Along with 12 uh, keys of coke. The company purposefully grew rapidly over nine years. They inherited existing long-term leases for stores in locations as part of the acquisition of various competitors, often with multiple acquisitions in one single market. So that would explain the same street. Okay, if I'm understanding this correctly, they went to another mattress competitor they said hey you guys are going out of business you still have five years left of your lease we'll buy out your lease or we'll take over the lease they told this to the person who was leasing Mm -hmm. the property they took over the store took over the lease popped their logo on it 
pop their logo. Yeah. Okay. So to take it over to save money on the amount that they were paying for the stores. Could they have taken even like a smaller store, not even like a big commercial store, like a mom and pop shop Mm -hmm. or local business that sells mattresses and been like, your spot's nice, but uh, we have six stores right down the street. You're going to fail and we're going to take it. But that in itself doesn't even make sense because if you think about it, if you're going to your only other competitor, let's say within a 10 mile radius and they're going out of business, you already won. Yeah. Unless you're absolutely terrified that some other mattress place is going to come in and do what you're doing and try to take over somebody's long-term lease to get in there cheap. If it's working for you already with that many stores in one proximity, why wouldn't you just take another? And then your yeah, competition is uh, completely gone. Yeah. Especially when you have the backing of MS-13. If you go into one of these <laughs> mattress stores with four armed guards of a cartel, yeah, they're going to sign whatever papers that you tell them to sign over that store. You always pull up in a Toyota Tacoma. Back in December of 2015, mattress firms started their buyout and rebranding of these Sleepy's mattress stores, which could explain some of the reason why they're in such close proximity to each other, again, taking over stores that were failing. So Sleepy's doesn't exist anymore. I guess not. When we're talking about this conspiracy, of course, the obvious is brought up other than money laundering is drugs. There is the far out conspiracy with the company that they were selling drugs domestically and most likely internationally with a 50-50 business model. If we make $5 million on mattresses and $5 million on drugs, then we can report it to the media and other outlets that we made $10 million in a year. And then that's why everybody goes and wonders how they're making so much money. Not a bad place to hide drugs. In the mattresses. That's what I'm saying. Along with Mexican families. Inside the body cavities of the people they stuff in mattresses. They already have a history of inflating their profit revenue. So who's to say that they're not doing that with the use of drug dealing? Drug money. Yeah. Yeah. CIA does it. In conclusion, Snopes.com reached out to the FBI field office in Houston, Texas, where coincidentally the company is actually headquartered in order to confirm whether Mattress Firm has ever been investigated for any criminal activities. Hmm. A spokes hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A spokesperson answered, quote, Per DOJ policy, the FBI does not confirm or deny the existence of an investigation. Well then, that was one thing I was going to ask was like, did they actually get investigated by anybody or was this just a Twitter meme thing that went nowhere? If you think of all the corruption involving executives and CEOs and all the uh, allegations that were against them, it's not far fetched to believe that the FBI is definitely doing their own investigation or looking deeper into what they could possibly be doing on top of all that. When it comes to the Reddit section of our Mattress Firm investigation, we don't really have anything for you because, in all honesty, the majority of this research was a Reddit section. The, the majority of this is all, all Reddit. So most, it's, most it's, of it. It's a Reddit conspiracy. It's a Reddit conspiracy, yeah. True. Yeah, it is. We talked a lot about the TikTok video, but before TikTok, most of this conspiracy stemmed from Reddit and 4chan. All right, boys, what say you we get into? We're going to separate our final thoughts just to keep it all nice and clean. Let's get into the final thoughts about a mattress firm conspiracy. David, let me know how firm you are on this belief. Hard as a rock. Real firm. This conspiracy for me, it feels like this probably happened. And these guys quit with their proximity and all the other allegations with this. I, I think this company probably did launder money and they... Either the FBI, CIA, or other agencies, or politicians in the area, whoever it may be, was in cahoots. Real estate companies, if they can do it this easily, they can cover it up this easily. I'm going to say that as far as this goes, I'm kind of 50-50 on it, realistically, because I think like there is a part of it that is just trying to outnumber anybody else that could be in the same market or anybody else in the same realm as they were. So any other mattress companies, any other furniture, whatever it may be, like we were talking about with Starbucks, if there's 150 Starbucks and there's one Dunkin' Donuts or there's one small coffee company, it's like, 
do I drive the eight miles to go to this off coffee company or am I going to walk 10 feet to the closest Starbucks? I think partially it has to do with outnumbering everyone else around them, but there's definitely something shady, especially when it comes to the CEOs and them quitting pretty much when there was mention of money laundering and Dave being sold a mattress by an MS-13 member at gunpoint. I'm like half and half on it, but I do think there is something shady either way about it. Slick, slick. Sliggity front, 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 front. All right, all right, all right. Final thoughts. Mattress Firm is definitely laundering money or trafficking people, one or the other. Either way, they are into some really sketchy, really illegal shit. I get it from a business standpoint, buying your competitor's storefronts and all that, even the CEO resigning after the accusations. It all makes sense on a business standpoint. But if you ask anybody... Your, your mother, your coworker, whoever it may be. Hey, have you gone to buy a mattress at Mattress Firm? It, even if they haven't, they've been in one. Then you follow that up with, were there any other people in that store? I would put money on it that they're going to say no. So when you take that into account, okay, there's never more than one or two people in this store at a time. How are they keeping all of them open without completely draining their, their company's fund? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. There's got to be something going on underneath. And the same goes for Long John Silvers. You know what? I'm going to bring Long John Silvers into this. Long John Silvers is also a front. I'm just throwing that out there. Have you ever seen somebody eating uh, cod or hush puppies out of a Long John Silvers drive through <laughs> Never. Never. Mattress Firm, Long John Silvers, they're both a front. They are both I mean, laundering money or something. Is there still I, one off of 72 right there next to Wayne? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. And nobody <laughs> ever, ever. I've eaten food. hush puppies there. Yeah, once, right? Who is eating fast food seafood? That's Not me anymore. That's a filet of fish is one thing. If you're like one of those people that is like okay with a filet of fish, but Long John Silver. Filet <laughs> of fish Fridays. Um, what do you say, boys? You want to move into uh, part two of the show? Uh, All right, guys. Let's log on to the internet and try to solve the puzzles. Cicada 3301 is a nickname given to three sets of puzzles posted under the name 3301 online between 2012 and 2014. First puzzle started on January 4th of 2012 on 4chan, of course, and ran for nearly a month. A second round began one year later on January 4th of 2013, and then a third round following the confirmation of a fresh clue posted on Twitter on January 4th of 2014. We have two of the puzzles here, the 2012 and 2014. The first one says, hello, we are looking for highly intelligent individuals. To find them, we have devised a test. There is a message hidden in this image. Find it and it will lead you on the road to finding us. We look forward to meeting the few that will make it all the way through. Good luck. And in 2014, a little shorter message. Hello, epiphany is upon you. Your pilgrimage has begun. Enlightenment awaits. Good luck. 3301. That first puzzle was pretty interesting. What they had to do, there was some way to view the coding of the picture. Like there was code to the image. And within the code was another picture. And within that picture was more code. And within that code was like a link or something. And that link took them to the next stage of the puzzle. So th this stuff was like crazy in depth when it came to the cryptography and the coding and decoding of images. You needed to download like a, a steganography app or program to actually view some of these things yeah and mind you guys this goes deep so we will probably like we said before do an episode on this with more of the algorithms and some of the puzzles and stuff or a blog a really extensive blog post because Might be a patreon episode yeah because it would be a good patreon episode it hurt yeah. my brain it hurt my brain to look at some of this stuff and to try to like see where these people are going because it goes as deep as to you having to go to runes that were written on rocks and stuff and certain things that were written by kings in the 1400s just to find a certain word. We're definitely stuff. looking for super smart fucking people to do this. Yeah. Yes. I would have failed. The declared goal was to recruit intellectual folks by presenting a series of riddles to be solved. And on January 4th, 2015, 
no new puzzles were actually published. On January 5th of 2016, in fact, a new hint was revealed on Twitter. It's weird that they switched it up because from 2012 to 2015, all the drops were on the 4th and then all of a sudden 2016 they jumped to the 6th or and the 5th year. Sorry, the 5th of January, yeah. I wonder if that was part of one of the puzzles is the date change on this new one in 2016. Could have been some Could outside been. the box thinking there. Yeah. Hey, you know, maybe they'll come for me next. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm leaving the podcast to join Cicada. All of these puzzles focused heavily on data security, cryptography, steganography, and keeping yourself anonymous. And Cicada 3301 posted their last verified open PGB sign message in April of 2017, denying the validity of any unsigned puzzle. There's nobody solved these yet, right? I think the people have claimed to have solved them. Yeah. I think years ago there was somebody who had reached like the last part of the puzzle supposedly the last part of the puzzle and failed because it's multi-part it's not just figure out this one and you're good yeah well somebody had to have solved them because to get to the next stage you would have had to have solved the previous stage and Mm -hmm. we wouldn't know what any stage was after one if people hadn't solved them also, you got to think about it this way. Somebody figured out all of them because then there wouldn't be any members of the group. Unless it's just still the same person. the same members or the same person. There's so much stuff to happen globally, though. The mm. global stuff brings a bigger picture to this whole entire thing. It takes it outside of what's going on on the Internet. And it's like, all right, these are real people scattered all over the world. Just like hushlings. Just like hushlings. Hush, just like hushlings. <laughs> The Hush Hush Society is going to war with Cicada 3301. Yeah. No puzzles. No puzzles. Just war. It's been called the most elaborate and mysterious puzzle of the internet age, and has been listed one of the top five eeriest unsolved mysteries of the internet by the Washington Post. And we can definitely say that we still don't know why exactly it exists or how it functions. Some of us conspiracy theorists believe that the riddles are a recruitment method for the NSA, CIA, MI6, or Masonic means, possibly, or even a cyber mercenary force. Cicada 3301 has been described as an alternate reality game by others, although no corporation or individual has sought to commercialize it. Can you imagine buying, like, a PS4 game or 5 game and it's just Cicada 3301? I feel like that'd be kind of fun. You can't play any games. They're only sending you puzzles. You're like, fuck, I paid $600 for this thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that smart. I just want to play NBA 2K. (laughs) Oh, the whole console is Cicada 3301? That sounds terrible. There's no games. You can't play anything on it. It's just one puzzle per year. (laughs) Definitely going in the trash. Those who completed the problems were quizzed on their support for information freedom, internet privacy, and freedom and rejection of censorship. According to several people who also claim to have solved the 2012 puzzle, 3301 generally uses non-puzzle-based recruiting methods, but designed the Cicada puzzles to find new members with cryptography and computer security expertise. So there's other ways to get into the group other than these puzzles. Mm -hmm. So the puzzles were based purely to find the smartest people that were based in the computer IT realm, I guess, or... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. There's a guy named Marcus Wanner who allegedly solved the first puzzle in 2012. Those who answered satisfactory at this stage were invited to a private forum where they were instructed to devise and complete a project intended to further the ideals of the group. Now, Marcus did not finish his work on a method of general decryption, and the website was removed. So you didn't finish it, and they're just like, get the fuck out of here. The Cicada 3301 clues spanned many different forms of communication media, including the internet, telephone, music, bootable Linux CDs, digital images, papers, and pages of unpublished cryptic books written in runes. One book titled Liber Primus, literally first book, that's what it translates to, contains many pages, only some of which have been decrypted. 
In addition to using many various techniques to encrypt, encode, or hide data, these clues also referenced a wide variety of books, poetry, artwork, and music. Yeah, I was reading one thing about them putting certain messages in actual sheet music. They used a lot of art, a lot of art, a lot of literature. Yeah. Yeah, smart people shit. You got to be able to see a pattern like off the clip and be like, there's something to that. Yep. Yeah. Each clue was signed by the same open PGP private key to confirm authenticity. One thought before we move on. I don't know why, but in my head, it kind of clicked that this could be AI algorithm that's running this. With how crazy AI is right now, even just with these people selling like fake art, AI generated artwork, how easy could this have been? Imagine if somebody's just programmed and it's just a computer running around. I would say the people part of it would be real. But I'm thinking the puzzle or the creation of such a group could be done entirely by AI or by a program. But yeah. what would an AI or program have to gain by having people backing it? Well, I mean, just like what you just said, AI can't physically do things. So it needs the worker ants. Plus, if you're thinking back in 2012, 2013, around that time, you got to imagine that AI doesn't have the connectivity to a lot of the systems that exist today. Yeah. If you looked at AI today, the ability for a program or something to leach into a system that's connected to the Pentagon is, I'm not saying easy, but it's more available than it was back in 2012 mm-hmm. through different routes and, and ways that it could get in. Authorities from the Los Andes province of Chile, cla- oh, sorry, Chile, claim. <laughs> Claim that Cicada 3301 is a, quote, hacker group and engaged in illegal activities. Cicada 3301 responded to this claim by issuing a PGP signed statement denying any involvement in illegal activity because, you know, that, that makes it real. In July 2015, a group calling themselves 3301 hacked into Planned Parenthood's database. However, the group appeared to have no association with Cicada 3301. Before we move on, for our listeners, if you don't know what PGP is, we've said it a few times, it means pretty good privacy. So it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty good. good. It's yeah. pretty good. It's an encryption program that they used for decrypting text, emails, files, and stuff like that. Cicada 3301 later issued another statement stating, quote, they are not associated with this group in any way, end quote. And they also stated that they do not condone of their use of their name, number, or symbolism. The hacker group later confirmed that they were not affiliated with Cicada 3301. There are wannabes. Well, we can't have a Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour show without us talking about claims. Nazis. Culty. Oh, Culty. Oh. oh. Ha ha ha. Too soon. <laughs> I was going to wear my, my little Hitler outfit today. Little <laughs> Hitler. Oh my God. <laughs> Aren't I just a pip? As the group gained notoriety and public attention, many asserted that the puzzles were an introduction to occult principles and possibly even a recruitment for a cult. That makes sense. I mean, they kind of said that, right? Get in, you do these puzzles, and you head to a private seminar. I don't know if that reads as cult, though. That reads more as like secret society to me. Than cult. Yeah, like a uh, cyber terrorist group. Because cult is a singular leader, or unless you're Heaven's Gate, two leaders, but a religious leader also that's seen as kind of like a messiah. This seems more like a collective. Unless, like you were saying, it is run by an AI and that is their religious leader. See what I mean? It's, it's all coming together now. Conspiracy theorist Tim Daly, a former senior research fellow with the Consecutive Christian Family Research Council, analyzed Cicada 3301 puzzles and stated, quote, The enigmatic Cicada 3301 appears to be drawing participants into the dark web of the occult. Others claim that the Cicada 3301 puzzles were a modern and technological equivalent to the Enlightenment journey. See? within Western esotericism and mystery schools. 
Nobody knows if Cicada is a single person or a collection of people, yet evidence from the riddle suggests that Cicada is more than one smart individual. Would you say that he's a smart Wiener Schnitzel? The complexity of the puzzles extends beyond cyberspace, requiring users to contact dummy phone lines set up in the real world and travel up to 14 different nations to find QR codes physically fixated on telephone poles. This mm. argues that Cicada is a global network of individuals versus it just being one guy or even an AI, a cabal of which no one is aware. Now, it's this unknown cabal theory that have people thinking as much as the Cicada 3301 riddle. How many members are there in Cicada if it's a group? Where are they based? And what is their true motivations? I think the craziest portion about it is the stuff that happens like all at once. There was that one th account where it was like six different telephone poles globally had the Cicada logo on one piece of paper and a giant QR code on another. And they all showed up overnight at the same time. Yep. It's kind of mm -hmm. like those monoliths that show up. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I want an army of hushlings to put up QR codes literally <laughs> overnight across the country. We need somebody in each state. We need oh, multiple people in each state. An we need at least 10 people per state. Dude, yeah. once we have an ambassador in each state, if we're going to call them an ambassador, that, that goes down like the slippery slope of a terrorist organization and militias <laughs> yeah, and terrorists overtaking <laughs> the government. We start calling them the hush generals. <laughs> We supply them with military goods. What do you say we move on to something we haven't talked about a lot, guys? During the first few months of QAnon's existence, there were rumors that Cicada 3301 was behind Q. The anonymous figure who originated the conspiracy theory had said Cicada 331 created the whole QAnon phenomenon as a live role-playing game. <laughs> so QAnon are the LARPers of Cicada 3301. Oh... That's too good. I would like a turkey leg. Pretend you're an insider and you're the son of John F. Kennedy. An early QAnon promoter, media producer, Lisa Clapier, urged Cicada 3301 puzzlers to take part in decoding Q's post and follow the white rabbit. Despite this, 3301 themselves have not publicly stated to be involved with QAnon in any way. What pops up to me is... When 3301, that hacker group, went after Planned Parenthood, they immediately were like, we're not a part of this. Yep. Why wouldn't they do the same thing when it came to Q? But if they're hacker people, right? If they're like hacker, high-tech computer guys, they're probably pretty well-rounded when it comes to meme culture. And if you know anything about meme culture, you would know that QAnon had a huge part of it in the past couple of years. So maybe they did it just for the meme of it to, like, not say anything. I think that's oh. far-fetched. Yeah. little interesting tidbit. The United States Navy released a cryptographic challenge based on the Cicada 3301 recruitment puzzles in 2014, calling it Project Architeuthis. In the video game Assassin's Creed Origins, a member of the Isu civilization references Cicada when listing off various mysteries of history. Some of the final contestants believe that Cicada 3301 is a remnant of the late 80s and 90s cyberpunk movement. Okay. Cypherpunk. Oh, cypherpunk. Yeah, totally different thing. <laughs> One's a lot Keanu cooler than the other. Pissed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, cypherpunk. Never heard of cypherpunk, actually. So, that's something to definitely look look into. There's also Dark Web, Cicada three three zero one, which is a film inspired by the organization and was released recently in 2021. That movie's really bad, but it's really good. So bad, it's good. It's so good. It's, it's like bad. it's such a great concept. The acting is just kind of bad. Well, guys. We do have Reddit for this, and I found a very interesting Reddit article the other day. We found a YouTube video that was posted, and it bears a link to Cicada 3301 and Julian Assange. What? Mm. I wonder if everyone that works at WikiLeaks is members of Cicada 3301. Who knows, man? Oh, like it's a subsect of WikiLeaks? No, like 
that is WikiLeaks. That is WikiLeaks. Like how they got all that information, all that classified document shit. Just a bunch of mad smart people that know how to hack into the Pentagon and all those different places and get all that information and go down the rabbit hole of just finding information that nobody else can. It's a good thought. It's a good thought. It's just a hiring process. That's all it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was there was also allegedly, I believe, I forget what company it was. It might have been Microsoft, Google, or Apple, one of those, where they actually had to do like cryptic puzzles to actually gain an interview with one yeah. of those companies. The user Just Storyteller posted a almost two-minute video in Russian that points the finger at WikiLinks being a capable organization to create such a puzzle. He thinks that in 2003, when he was studying at Melbourne University for Math and Science, where he became VP of the Math and Science Statistics Society and created an annual puzzle hunt. It took place over the course of one week and gained complexity throughout, and the one that goes on to solve it would find the buried treasure of cash. A great booty, if you will. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a good booty. I like where this guy's thinking is at. Kind of yeah. mirroring my thought. I don't like the way that he stole it, but <laughs> he stole your that. He only posted it two months ago, so yeah. I don't know when your thought happened. So yeah, he could you have know, my thought. You know when my thought happened. He was responsible for the story and pretty much the entire operation of the game. Some puzzles required solving music problems. Some required factors and prime numbers. And he continued these games remotely with some of the other members after he departed the university in 2005. Julian Assange is cicada. Could be. Smart (laughs) I am enthralled with this one, boys. I am Mm. deeply, deeply enthralled. Let's get into our final thoughts about Cicada 3301 because I know we all have some interesting thoughts, especially me. David, what do you got? I think after going through this Reddit thing, it quite possibly could be Julian Assange, but this is so deep on so many levels. I don't think we're going to find out what this actually is until they are solved. And if it is a cabal, it is a cryptic way to recruit people that are super smart to infiltrate people's privacy on the internet. But yeah, this one's going to take another episode for me to really formulate like some real thoughts on it. I like to think on the other side of it that Cicada is like an altruistic group. That they're doing these things to find smart people to do something that is going to benefit the world or benefit people. It is an interesting recruiting tactic. It does become kind of clear to me that groups or sites or companies like Wikilinks or Facebook even, especially Facebook, Google, they do the same type of thing to recruit really smart people. So who's to say that one of these entities and one of these groups or corporations or businesses themselves didn't start out as cicada 3301 or maybe cicada in itself is just a recruiting think tank and they're just getting all these smart people and then they're taking their resumes and going to google and going to to facebook and going and saying hey we have this person recruited they're perfect they know everything that they're going to need to know to work for you so they're kind of like an in-between a middleman to setting up jobs for other companies frank 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 what Mm, are your mm, final mm, thoughts mm, frank mm. frank 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 give us your final thoughts we should should change the frank factor audio or not the frank factor we should change the end of our audio for a frank's final thought to the bill nye thing frank 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 uh speaking of bill nye you guys and everybody listening right after this i really want you to go and listen to the bill nye the science guy theme song in chinese just (laughs) do that for me because it's great Beer, 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 beer. It's a great drinking song. Um, <laughs> Cicada thirty three oh one is a very, very, very. Uh, it just, it's a crazy subject. It's a wild topic to really think about what that could be. What are they doing? I went down the Cicada thirty three oh one rabbit hole maybe a year and a half ago, and I was like researching this stuff heavy looking at all the puzzles and were they ever fully solved? And that's that's a big question for me. If 
all of the stages of the puzzles were ever solved, would we know if anybody really completed them? Is there some sort of process to where, okay, once you finish the last puzzle, you got to like stay quiet about it or something. I'd like to think that it's some sort of private organization, not necessarily a cult or a secret society, but something independent, sort of like what Anonymous was. But I would like to think that it's something like that. Like you said, Mike, doing something good for the world definitely full of very smart people and if you're interested while you're waiting for us to do a follow-up on this episode i would definitely say watch that dark web cicada 3301 movie it's kind of dramatized it's a little bit actiony but it gives you a good perception on what this entire thing really is there's also a couple good youtube documentaries that get into it pretty in depth that might give you a well-rounded picture on how deep this stuff really goes. I think that's going to do it for us, boys. Hushlings, did we make sure to cross our T's and dot our I's? Did we pick the correct sleep number? Were we able to solve the puzzle? Tell us if we missed anything. Reach out to us, as always, at our email address. I think you know it. Contact at hushhushsociety.com. Join us for debriefing 61 and the premiere of season seven as we check in to the nonprofit organization in the United Kingdom that adapts social science to contemporary challenges known as the Tavistock Institute. That'll be streaming everywhere Monday, November 14th. And our next exclusive debriefing, we're going to keep up with the festivities as we take a seat at the table and explore some of the conspiracies and myths associated with Thanksgiving that will be available only on Patreon. That'll be Thursday, November 18th. Hushlings, everyone watching, listening. We want to thank you all for joining us again. The Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Keep it spooky. Okay. Enjoy ba-da, ba-da, your dick ba-da, in a ba-da, ba-da, uh, Everybody carve out a pumpkin and stick your dick in it. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight. <laughs> <laughs>